Amen. Amen. I wonder if we can stand across this building and let's pray for a few things. Number one, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for that family um, and that God would bring comfort. But I also want us to be grateful and thankful. Amen. For God's hand on us. There's so many times and opportunities that maybe we don't always see it. We don't always know it's happening, but God's got his hand on us. And so I want us to pray right now. Amen. Would you lift up your voice? Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. We give you praise and glory, Jesus. We pray that you would, you would touch that family, God. You know exactly, amen, where they are, God. And you, you know exactly what they're going through, and you know how to help them, God. And I'm praying that you would move in their life, Jesus. That you would, that you would comfort them, that, God, you would bring good things out of this, Jesus. We're believing you, God, for miracles. But, Lord... As your people, we want to say thank you, God, for the unseen miracles, God. The protection, God, the, the blessings that you add daily that we don't always know that are there. We don't always know we, uh, what's going on, but we know that you are watching over us, Jesus. And we're giving you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and let's thank him. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, and verse number 7. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, and verse number 7. I want to say it's good to have uh, the Johnsons back with us, both elder and younger. And, uh, and I asked them if they got, if they got to see Yogi Bear, and, and it looks like they might have. But uh, I'm glad that uh, got to have a moment, and that's good. Amen. Praise God. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. The Bible says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which, my, Mo, which Moses my servant commanded thee. And there's another whole message right there. It takes strength and courage to obey God. It does. It's not something for the faint of heart. Amen. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And I want to teach to us for a few moments on this subject. There's power in the pause. There's power in the pause. Would you set down your Bibles, and let's lift up our hands, and let's pray that God would teach us, God would speak to us, that God would move on us. Hallelujah, Jesus, we give you glory and honor and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated here tonight. Amen. There's power in the pause. When we say the word meditation, 
no doubt our minds immediately begin to wander and think of Eastern religion and mysticism. We often hear the word meditation and we think of Buddhism, Hinduism, or some bald cross-legged dude in an orange jumpsuit living in a monastery known as a monk. Maybe that's just me. But although all of those uh, religions practice some form of meditation, uh, they do this that they might achieve some form of nirvana. Now I didn't hear to come. I didn't come here today to teach about other religions, but I might as well tell you that this is done that they might transcend reality and where they are, and that they will somehow think themselves into what they would deem heaven. Uh, and so this is nothing more than uh, man trying to work his way into heaven, to think his way into heaven. This goes all the way back to Genesis 11. They try to build a tower so that they can get to heaven. This is where we have astrology and astronomy. This is its foundation. And this goes all the way back that you can somehow reach a higher plane of existence and that will be your salvation. But I want you to know that you cannot think yourself into heaven. Hallelujah. You've got to repent your way and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and fill with the gift of the Holy Ghost to get to heaven. Amen. You can't, you can't sit there cross-legged long enough and reach that higher state of being. Uh, they, they do this so that they can reach that higher existence. They do this so that they can channel other spirits of those that have gone on. And though they might think that they are doing that, uh, it's another form of witchcraft. This is not biblical meditation. Uh, this is not what we are called to do. We've been talking about prayer. But what I've come today to talk about is the flip side of prayer. The flip side of prayer is nothing more than the opposite of, of when we are talking about conversation. Conversation goes two ways. It's communication at its base roots. Amen. Uh, there's a few words in the Bible for meditation, and they mean to muse or to think deeply or to pause in reflection. Another word for meditation now, I like this one. Uh, I don't know how I would apply it, but to growl, uh, to moan, or to utter. Now, we see this in the New Testament when it talks about groanings, which cannot be uttered. Amen. We see this with Hannah praying for a child, and she is mumbling under her breath. And she is, she is hurt at the heart because she needs a child, and she needs God to come through. She needs God to answer, and she's used every word that she's got. She's used everything in her language, and she's got nothing left to do. And this is where she begins to meditate. She begins to growl. She begins to utter, amen, and she begins to mumble, if you will. And there is a moment in life just like that. When you have prayed all that you can pray, you've used every bit of eloquence, every word that you've got, and then it comes to where you go beyond your intellect and you finally get to the place where you just want to hear from God and you don't care how it comes. You're just ready. Has anybody ever been there? Man, another meaning for uh, the biblical model of meditation is to take the time to care for to practice 
or to study. Christian meditation is acknowledging God's presence because it is very religious to just say a couple words in prayer and go about our merry day, and yet we, we do like Jacob. The presence of the Lord enters our, our, our presence, if you will, and we know it not. Meditation goes beyond, amen, just doing our religious duty of prayer. And it starts to think. It starts to process. It starts to pause and reflect. It starts to think about the presence of God that meets us in every prayer. I want you to know that God cares so much about your prayers that my Bible says that he's got vials and jars of our prayers and our tears. Amen. I want you to know God is collecting. The Bible says he knows every hair that is on your head. Amen. He knows whether a sparrow falls from the heaven to the earth. Amen. And how much more precious are you and I. And so when we begin to pray and we begin to meditate, I want you to know that in that moment, God's presence is there. God's listening. Amen. To our prayer. Amen. Christian meditation at its base, amen, is when we understand that the almighty creator fills heaven and earth. And yet we have the revelation that though he fills all things, he ex and he exists, ex he exists independently of his creation. In other words, he does not need you and I. He is outside of time. He is outside of space. Amen. He is God all by himself. He is self-existent. He is self-sufficient. Amen. God is not an idol that is made with our hands, but he is a God that made us with his hands. Amen. It, it, is, it is taking ourselves beyond, amen, just the prayer meeting, the prayer request. And when we begin to meditate, we begin to think about the fact, amen, that God is more than able to answer every prayer that I could ever pray. When we meditate, we begin to think to ourselves, it is God. Amen. He is God all by himself. Amen. There's nothing that I can say or do that will make him more God or less God. There's nothing that I can accomplish, amen, that he has not already accomplished. And when we meditate, amen, our faith begins to rise. Our hope begins to rise. And we know that God is in control. Would you lift up your hands and magnify him here in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Amen. It, it, it's that time, that, that pause, if you will, that we reflect and we think about the fact that God, although he is greater than everything, he yet in his love draws near to us in fellowship. Amen. And he, he created us and yet he indwells us. Amen. We are in him. Amen. But yet he, through his spirit, has filled us. And he, though he has everything else that he could spend time doing, he has taken a moment, amen, to spend time with us. I think that's a powerful thing. Christian meditation is choosing to focus our mind on the words of Scripture, or if I could put it this way, the written word of God. But it doesn't just go to the written word of God. We've also got to have a rhema word. A rhema word is a word that is spoken by God in due season. It is a fit word. Amen. The Logos is the written word. It's what we have here. There's 66 books. Amen. That if you need a word from God, all you got to do is open this book. Amen. It's a love letter. Amen. To each and every one of us. I heard some folks say, well, I haven't heard from God in a while. Could we pause for just a moment and open up this book and we could get a word? 
I feel my help. I didn't come to preach. I came to teach. But I know too many people that say, preacher, can you bake me some fresh bread? Give me a fresh word. Amen. There's nothing I can give you that this word has not already entrusted to you. Oh, I wish somebody clapped their hands and give God praise. Amen. You need a word from God? You got one right there. Open that book and you can get a word. Amen. But it is there that we get that written word. But yes, amen, I believe in the prophetic word of God. I believe in the spoken word of God. I believe that spoken word of God, which we'll preach and teach about at another time, it will never contradict his written word. Amen. Don't tell me, amen, that thus saith the Lord, you got to do X, Y, and Z. Amen. And yet it contradicts his word. I've, I've heard some people say, well, uh, God told me to leave my spouse and go uh, find somebody else's spouse. That wasn't the voice of God. That ain't the voice of God. Amen. The voice of God will say, love your spouse as Christ loved the church and gave himself. And God won't give you a new word. God will give you an old word in a new way. He'll speak that old book. And he'll tell you, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Anybody thankful for the word of God? Amen. That word of God that frames us. That word of God that, that changes us. That's why I'm such a, a proponent of Bible study. Amen. I, I love when we can huck a buck and we can shout. But I also love getting into that word, breaking it down. Amen. As Jesus broke the bread for his disciples. Amen. That's how we know. Amen. We're in the body of Christ is when we can get that bread broken open and we all ingest it. Amen. But we've got to be able to meditate on it. We've got to take it. We've got to sit a moment aside and we've got to pause and think about it. Amen. There are moments. Amen. And I'll tell you this. When, 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 when it comes time. For preaching, amen, that's often time where we're calling for response. That is, amen, I always tell some people this, that there's a difference between preaching and teaching. Amen, teaching is telling somebody what fire is, right? Fire is combustion, fire is oxygen, fire is fuel. You take any of those away, you don't have fire. Amen, that's teaching. But preaching is, hey, you're on fire. You got to get out. And I'm not looking for an intellectual ascent when I'm preaching to somebody. I actually want them to get up out of the fire. And when the preacher preaches and says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not time to sit back and contemplate it. It's time to say, God, I got to get out of this mess. But every time you hear preaching and teaching, you got to go home. Because it's not, you don't, you don't become a Christian on Sunday. You become a Christian on Monday, on Tuesday. On Wednesday, on Thursday. Amen. It's a daily walk. Amen. And that's where we take our time and we pause. We reflect. We meditate. Christian meditation is contemplating. Perhaps it's even considered to be memorizing one verse or a small passage of Scripture. Thinking deeply on each word. Amen. And I want to say this while keeping context in mind. Uh, I know a lot of people got scriptures up on their on their walls, but the context would might blow your mind. But I still think we can take it and we can memorize it. We can put it to our heart. But it's also hearing a word on Sunday. Amen. But every one of us has a responsibility every time we hear preaching to take it and say, God, what's in there for me? What is what is it that you're trying to tell me? There's times where messages may not be for you right now, but I promise you every message is for you in the future. Amen. And so we got to take it and we got to meditate on it. Christian meditation is intending to be obedient and faithful to our Heavenly Father by obeying His, by applying His truth with one's daily life of work, of play, of worship, of relationships with family, friends, colleagues, 
And yes, even as it was preached on Sunday, with strangers that we pass along the way. It is in that moment of meditation where you can say it was great to hear somebody talk about loving your neighbor. And the preacher did a great job on Sunday. I was in e-church with you all. Amen. He did a great job. But it's that meditation. It's that pause button where you say, God, who is my neighbor? Amen. Who is the closest person to me that maybe, amen, doesn't like me? And maybe they've caused me problems. And maybe they have, they have given me issues. But how can I show them love? Maybe they've been impatient with me. But, God, how can I? Be patient with them. That's when we take what is preached. That's when we take what is said. And we take it and we go, God, would you help me to apply your word? And I think we've, got, we've gotten into, amen, what I call the new addiction, some new thing. That's the Epicureans and the Stoics in the book of Acts. They came to hear some new thing. They wanted Paul to bring about. They said, we'll hear what this babbler would say. Now, if I'm, I'm a babbler to you, I apologize. But. You're probably not going to get a whole lot of new things from me. You might get it in a new way, but it's going to be the same old thing. But we've got to take it and not say, God, you know, this is why I think it's so important. I really feel impressed from God. All year last year, I felt like this year we're going to talk about prayer. I didn't even know coronavirus is going to make us just hit moments of, of seasons where we're just going to be praying and not even gathering together. But, uh, but I think it's good because it's in this moment that we have a pause button. We can reflect we can say, God, we've heard a lot of great preaching over the years. How many, how many have loved all the preaching and all the teaching with, that we have received, amen, through the years? I'm grateful for it. Amen. But it's in moments of meditation where we can pause and we can reflect. Amen. Christian meditation involves praying. Amen. Sometimes it involves praying God's thoughts from Scripture back to him. You see people that would do this and they would say, oh Lord, remember your covenant. And they would say, remember the, the remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's moments where we pray and we ask, amen, for wisdom and grace to live out his precepts within our own lives. And we sit back and we ask for God to then grant us that wisdom. Christian meditation is to pause in reflection of God himself. Amen. We see this happen in Psalms chapter 8. And verse number three, David is writing and he prays this prayer. I love this. When I consider, when I consider, you don't get to consideration without meditation. We can't consider and, and, and sometimes we become so, uh, so busy in life that we cannot consider. And when we consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. I don't get bitter when I consider. I don't get upset when I consider. I, I start to reveal to myself, amen, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him. When I consider the greatness of God and when we begin to consider and we meditate and we think on how incredible God is, amen, we can't help but come to church with a praise on our lips. And it it's not just a praise that we felt something and it was an emotional, amen, connection, but it is something where we begin to praise God based on the fact that we have actually taken the time to think about how, 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 how messed up we were and yet God still loved us and 
We begin to consider that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we begin to consider that when we were without strength, uh, he died for us. That we consider that while we were ungodly, he died for us. And it wasn't my goodness, and I consider it wasn't my intellect, and I can consider that it wasn't my uh, bank account. It wasn't, amen, my IQ. It wasn't based on my bloodline, amen, but it was based on the fact that he loved me. There's a different level of praise right there, church. When we consider, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Somebody just needs to consider for a moment. Just take a moment and reflect. When we consider, but you know what? Some people are scared to consider. We are missing the art of meditation in our culture. We are missing the art of pausing. We are missing the art of reflection. And it's not hard to understand why. With all the noise and busyness that's in our world, it's easy to miss out on moments with God. It's easy to miss out on understandings from God. But I've come to help somebody here today. Contrary to the belief of our world, busyness does not equal effectiveness. Church, let me say it again. Busyness does not equal effectiveness. Amen. Martha, can I help you? Martha, you are, you are encumbered with so many things. You have gotten to the place. And let me tell you, we, the church has got to have a good balance of Mary and Martha. Amen. Amen. The good old Marthas make sure the church is clean before church on Sunday. Amen. The Marthas are saying, where can I serve? The Marthas are saying, hey, how can I be involved? Amen. But sometimes we can become so Martha that we forget to be Mary. I've seen it on the flip side. People that just, I just want to experience the presence of God. And yet when there's work to be done, they just. Okay. We've got to have a fine balance of that. But, but by and large, I've found a lot of people. Amen. They tend to think that if I can stay busy, somehow that means I'm being more effective in God and more efficient in God. Amen. And, and, and if I can just get involved in, in all these different things. Amen. And this is why if we're not careful, the Bible warns us not to become busybodies and we get in everybody else's business. Amen. Uh, I always laugh when my mom, she used to watch soap operas and I used to sit down and watch them and, and there was all this drama and this guy died and then he came back from the dead. And I know you all probably haven't seen that you're sanctified and holy. And I thought to myself, man, don't you have enough problems in your life, mom? Amen. You got drugged coming over you got alcoholism amen you got bills you can't pay yeah but you know what I learned in that moment some people think if I can get busy I can forget about my problems if I can get busy I don't actually have to grow if I can get busy I don't have to face anything but there's something about being married where you're sitting at the feet of Jesus and you're not doing anything and you press the pause on all your responsibilities and you press the pause and you you do you, what, what what's going on in your world is no longer the most important thing in the world and you just sit back and you just say Lord I just want to sit at your feet and I just want to hear your word I just want to hear you talk has anybody ever felt like that? Let's lift our hands and let's love him for just a moment. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. This is important for us here tonight. Amen. God wants to deliver some of us from being so busy. Amen. Busy with family. Busy with jobs. Busy with, amen, all of the things we've got to do, responsibilities of life. And yes, we got to do them. But sometimes we got to hit the pause button and say, God, I just want to be in your presence. Let me help somebody about the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdom of God is often less, not more. And I'll talk about it and teach about it another time. But it's an upside down kingdom. To save your life, you must lose it. 
amen, to be effective. Sometimes it's actually, amen, it's more about being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus than it is about, amen, the next event and the next thing. And I love events and I thank God for it. But I thank God also for seasons like this where God across the world can tell his church, pause. Let's hold back. Let's think about this. Let's consider. I can tell you right here, uh, and some might already know it, I struggle to pause. And I know there's people here tonight that you also struggle to pause because there's something about you've got to always be going. You always got to be doing. And there's something about uh, about just just consistently moving. And and uh, some think it's funny, but my wife thinks it's funny. I'm always fidgeting. I'm always moving. I'm always, you know, that's all right. I'm a little ADD squirrel, but it's <laughs> but but there's just something about that. And let me just tell you, if, if we're not careful, we'll miss the root of why we do that. Sometimes we do that because we're scared to look in the mirror. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and, and really get a moment where God, you know, some people say, God, I want a word, but then they just like don't wait for God to give them the word. But you got to hit that pause button. Music is only music. And I can preach to the musicians for a moment. Music is only music when there's a pause. If not, it is just chaotic noise. Let everything be done decently and in order. <laughs> I love talking to a young man today. Um, and uh, he's, he doesn't go to church anywhere, but you know what? I love to ask people their advice and their opinions, and I just told him what I was teaching on, hoping he would come to church, and I said, man, you're a musician. Tell me, what, what exactly, how valuable is a pause in music? And he's going to school for it and everything like that, and I'm praying he'll just be in church soon in Jesus' name, and, and uh, he'll be playing music for Jesus. But he said this. He said, I heard it said that music is often most about the notes you don't play than about the notes you do play. Amen. Somebody once said, God created us with two ears and one mouth because we should listen twice as much as we speak. I convicted myself right there. Somebody said that public speaking is more powerful with appropriate pauses. Somebody get me that book. I'll read it. I get too excited and squirrely to pause. There is power in pausing because in that pause, we can refocus. In that pause, we can realign ourselves to God. In that pause, we can have a moment of self-reflection. In that pause, there's many great things that can happen. Uh, here in the new future, I want to talk to us about learning how to hear the voice of God. But for now, I want to just focus for the next few minutes and talk about this from a scriptural standpoint. I want to focus on the posture that is necessary to truly hear from God. And that's pausing. That's meditation. That's considering. Biblically speaking, amen, pausing is not inactivity. For those of us that like to stay busy and always moving, pausing is not inactivity. What, that's exactly why Jesus told us to enter into our closet and to shut the door because there is an external noise that affects and amplifies the internal noise. And we've got to be willing to take a moment. That doesn't mean you're inactive. In fact, you're in prayer. But you take and you shut out the rest of the world. You turn off your phone. You're not interested in Facebook or Instagram. You're saying, God, this is just me and you. We're not worried about the economy. We're not worried about politics. We're not worried about the next thing that's coming around the bend. But we shut it all out. And we shut that door. And we pause. And we know that in that moment uh, we are being effective. That in that moment we are activating our faith to meditate and to seek God. Pausing, in fact, is action. Psalms chapter 77 and verse 12. 
The Bible says, I will meditate of all thy work and talk of thy doings. When we meditate, we are activating. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And sometimes we think it's only when we heard it on Sunday. But did you know, repeating it, amen, uh, going back and, and fully breaking it down, amen, whether it be you open up your Bible and you begin to break down that verse and you want to understand it more, because the beautiful thing about the Bible is it's a living word. And every time you read it, you're going to see it from a different angle because life is multifaceted and life is, amen, the Bible talks about the manifold grace of God. And that manifold is, is it's like a prism. And as you, the more you turn it, the more it changes and you can see things from different angles. And that's how it is when we read the word of God. And, and, and we are so often we can say, yes, I've heard that. But as we look at it from a, a standpoint of a pause, we read those scriptures again. And then all of a sudden uh, we can understand that God actually had something a little more in there. God had something a little deeper, and then we can actually apply it to our faith, apply it to our life, and watch as God begins to change us. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and let's magnify him. I'm almost done teaching, but I really want to help us here today. Let's pray. God, help me to understand that when I pause in prayer... It's just getting a hold of all the words you've already given me. And it's giving me a moment, amen, to speak of your doings, amen, to meditate on all your work, amen, and to start to apply it to my life, amen. The opening text that we read here today was Joshua as he is being commissioned by the Lord to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And he tells them that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And Joshua, amen, gets a word from God. And he tells him to be strong and to be courageous. Because it's going to be a hard time sometimes to follow God. It's not always going to be easy. It's going to have difficult days. Amen. But he then gives him. I want you to get this. It is the only verse in the Bible that talks about success. Does anybody want to be successful? I mean successful in life. Successful in marriage. Successful in business. Successful in church. Successful in ministry. Verse 8. He said this. this uh, Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate. Thou shalt pause. Thou shalt consider. Amen. Not just consider. Amen. And just, uh, just think about it. Let it flow away. No. It's where you sit and you just repeat it over. And I'm not just talking about quoting. But you meditate. You're considering it. And you're thinking all the ramifications and how it has to apply to your life. Uh, amen. And when you meditate therein day and night that thou mayest. Amen. Let's continue on. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. Because it's not enough just to pause. Amen. And say that's a great verse. It's not enough just to say, uh, well, I considered it. No, it's when you consider it and you make the decision to obey that verse. There's a lot of people that have considered being baptized, but until they get baptized, their sins have not been washed away. Amen. It's not enough to consider. Amen. We've got to consider with the intent that when I consider this, amen, I'm going to apply it to my life. Uh, amen. And he said that you observed, amen, to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. How many wants to prosper in life? Amen. I think some people are a little scared about that. I'm going to help you out. I, I know there's been charismatics that have hijacked prosperity, but my Bible says that we should prosper even as our soul prospers. Amen. Abraham was blessed. David was blessed. But let me tell you where they were most blessed. 
And as they got it on the internal, God took care of them on the external. Let me put it in New Testament. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. You know what seeking first is? Considering first. You know what seeking first is? Meditating first. You know what seeking first is? It's when we sit back and we focus on it first and we say, God, before anything else in my life, I got to apply your kingdom and I got to apply your righteousness. You want to know what person is going to be blessed in business? The one that looks and meditates in his word and says, God, I'm not doing anything outside of this book. I'm not going to run a shrew. I'm not going to run a business, amen, that robs people. I'm not going to lie, cheat, or steal because I see it in the book. Amen. And when you meditate, you consider that you might observe God blesses you openly. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Success starts here. Not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. That these people shall be blessed in their deeds. I think we got some doers in the church. Amen. I think we got some doers in the church. And you know what? If you could, if you could sit back and consider this week about the times that you knew you were just not living it right, not doing it right, and you look and saw all the things were kind of falling apart, amen, you could somehow, some way, you could correlate it back to a biblical principle that you didn't consider and that you omitted. But if you go and you look at every area of your life that has been blessed and has been prospered and has been successful, I promise you, amen, it will, it will directly connect back to a biblical principle, amen, that you have aligned yourself to. Amen. Do I got a witness in the house of God? All right, let's talk about a couple of verses. Genesis chapter 24 and 63. Amen. The beautiful thing about this whole system is I got a clock in front of me now. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not, we're not doing the live stream two hours. Amen. Genesis 24 and 63. Young men, get ready. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at evening tide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, behold, the camels were coming. You know what was on that camel, Brother Jonathan? That wife he'd been praying for. I wish I had somebody shout in this house. Yeah. This Isaac that had heard about the promise of Abraham, and he knew that promise of Abraham. He had considered it. He thought about it. The fact that that promise, amen, to be the father of many nations, uh, it would go from his father to him. And guess what? In order to keep that going, he had to get married. And he knew that there's just nothing happening right now in my life, and it looks like everything's going crazy. But guess what he did? He was in the field. He was working. He was taking care of his business. Uh, but guess what? He was staying uh, while I'm in this field. I'm going to be meditating while I'm in this field I'm going to be considering while I'm in this field I'm going to be pausing and I'm going to be spending time with God you better believe that Isaac he spent time with God amen and God brought in the very thing he'd been praying for what would happen if we just hit the pause button and said God I don't need any new word. What I need to do is consider your old word, and I need to see it come to pass in my life. Amen. Does anybody have any old promises you'd like to see come to pass? Why don't you lift up your hands and for just a few moments pray and say, God, I got some old promises. Amen. I, I thank you for every new promise, but I still got some old things I want you to work out. I still got some old things I want you to come through and help me with. Oh, somebody pray.
Jesus' name. Psalms chapter 143. I'm going to hit you. We're going to be in the book of Psalms for a moment. You can go back and you can read these verses later. Amen. But if you ever want to know, amen, a good way to pray or meditate on his word, Psalms is a great book because what you're seeing is David's prayer journal. And, uh, you know, that's why we don't sing all of David's Psalms, Elder. Uh, he talks about let the snails melt. We don't, we don't sing that, you know. Let my enemies dis be destroyed and their bones break. And, yeah, we don't sing about that. But maybe we should write some songs about that. Just get back to the Bible and some biblical, I don't know. But, but there's some things. You know what he's really doing? He's praying. He's meditating. And there's people that have wronged him. And he's just letting God know, this is how I feel. And then he's taking a moment. And he's sitting back and saying, God, how do you feel? Because it's one thing to have emotions. It's another thing to say, God, amen. Uh, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. We all get angry. But the person that has, amen, the ability to sit back and to consider, amen, their ways and to consider, amen, uh, what they're feeling. And they pray and they say, God, this is how I feel about it. But how do you feel about it? They're the, they're the type that, that they get in the mode like Jesus and there's smoke on the face and they can easily turn the other cheek. Amen. It didn't come natural, but it came through prayer and meditation. Psalms 143 and 4, therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. He's already saying, man, I've got problems going on. My heart within me is desolate. Anybody ever felt like that? Amen. But then he says, I got an answer. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse. That's another word. Amen. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as in a thirsty land. If you ever get to a place where life gets too much I want to tell you amen you may not be able to stop the world from turning and you may not be able to stop the cars from driving around you but what you can do you can pull off to the side of the road you can hit the pause button in your spirit and say God I feel desolate I feel broken but Jesus I want to know amen amen I want to think back on all the good things you've done and I want to think about all your works and I want to consider the days of old maybe today doesn't feel like a good day but if I go back in my memory you've been too good to me oh hallelujah you've been too good I cannot tell it all Psalm chapter 63 I want to read the whole deal but I can't Psalm 63 and 1 I'm going to read this quickly for us Amen. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see, this is what he's thirsty for. This is what he's hungry for. Amen. This is what happens when we get that. Amen. All those prayer life that we've been talking about. Amen. To see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen in thee in thy sanctuary. Amen. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hand in thy name my soul shall be satisfied as with morrow amen my, and fatness my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and I meditate on thee in the night watches yes you can have dark times but it's in those dark times often God is giving us an opportunity to have reflection on all the good times Amen. God's given us an opportunity to pause. Amen. You know, th that's the thing. People want to avoid pain and trouble. But the truth is, we'd never know good days if we didn't have bad days. We'd never know health if we hadn't had sickness. I don't know about you, but amen, in this season, amen, I remember back on every time I've ever been sick. And I know that it comes out and I start, you start pleading with God. 
Oh, God, if I just feel better, I'll serve you forever. I know that's how some of us are. If you just make me feel better, I just do. You just start making pledges and vows to God. Kill the first thing that comes in the house. You know, you're like Jephthah. Amen. That's that's another story for another time. But but you just start saying, oh, God. But you know what's really happening in that moment? Amen. You're remembering the days when you've been healthy. And, and here David, he's praying. Amen. He's saying, even when I'm on my deathbed. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm sitting in front of the night. Amen. I want to make sure that my spirit doesn't forget you. I want to remember thee upon my deathbed. I want to meditate on thee when it gets dark because thou hast been my help. Amen. Therefore in the shadow of thy wings I will rejoice. My soul followed hard after thee and thy right hand upheld me. When we pause we can look back and we can remember all the areas brother Bryant where God upheld us with his right hand. Amen. Psalms 119, 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Psalms 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In other words, God pays attention when we pause. Amen. He looks at what we pause, what we consider, and what we meditate on. We are admonished in the New Testament, amen, to set our affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Amen. We are admonished to pause, to meditate, and to refocus ourselves. Amen. I want to tell you, amen, the danger of the end times, we focus on the end times. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'll say that again. The danger of the end times is we focus on the end times. We read the book of Revelations, we see pale horses, and we think about pale horses. But the Bible starts off Revelations 1 and 1. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not time to get wrapped up in everything else. It's time to get wrapped up in Jesus. It's time to be focused on Jesus. It's time to say, God, I'm going to set my affection. I'm going to set my focus on things above. Amen. Paul told Timothy, a young pastor, let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and faith and purity till I come to give attendance to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and to all the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Amen. We've got to make sure as saints of God, as ministers of God, that we have got his word. We've got all the things that we have been taught through the years. Amen. We don't just hear it one time and it goes out the other ear but we give ourselves amen amen we continue in it we give ourselves to attendance not just to church but to reading to exhortation to doctrine amen we give ourselves and we remember every promise every prophecy that was ever given to us and we hold fast the profession of faith we hold fast and we meditate on them we consider them we say Lord I want to hit that pause button and I might feel discouraged right now but God I'm going to go back and I'm going to stir up the gift that is within me. Let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. I want you to know there's power in the pause of life. There's power that when you're praying, you just pause. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I feel the power of God in this house.
Come on, you've been praying your prayers. You've been, you've been bringing supplication before God. But God's saying, hey, I heard your prayer the first time. I want you to keep praying, but I want you to pause for just a moment and let my word be spoken over you. I want you to pause for just a moment, amen, and remember the good things I've done for you. I want you to pause for just a moment and remember my goodness and remember, amen, my faithfulness to you. Somebody pray in Jesus' name. I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't want to get so busy in life, God, I don't hit pause. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. That's old English way of saying, don't be anxious for anything. But everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You know, we get so worried. Maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> so stressed out. Now, stress is on the rise. I know people my age who take blood pressure medication. It might be the fried chicken, I don't know. <laughs> Truth is, it's stressful. It's stressful. It's stressful to be married. It's stressful, I'm sure, to have kids. It's stressful, stressful to be in, have a job. It's stressful, amen. It's stressful to pastor a church. It's stressful, amen, to have other people relying on you. It's stressful. But the answer to all that is not Xanax. It's not antidepressants. It's hitting the pause button. You know what shame and guilt is, Brother Jonathan? It's dwelling on the past. That's why people can't move forward. They live in condemnation. They can't, can't get out of that. You know what anxiety and stress is? Living in a future you don't know, nor can you control. But you know what prayer does? You know what hitting that pause button does? It says, God, I've been living in either side. I need, you to, I need you to center me. I don't know what tomorrow holds. The Bible says that, that man's days are but a few days and full of trouble, Sister Bobo. <laughs> sure, there's been a lot of trouble in life. But guess what? God just brings us all back. This is what he says. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Doesn't make sense. When you hit that pause button, he gives you peace when everything doesn't make sense. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think consider, meditate, dwell, observe these things. And those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Because he's not just talking about those things. He's talking about what you get in church. He says this. I love this. Do! And the God of peace shall be with you. Do I have a witness in the house that can say that the greatest times in God where when everything was going crazy around you and it seemed like you hit the eye of the storm and the peace passed all understanding and he gave you a moment to pause and a moment to reflect I remember I've had many moments like this you know you travel the country for, for four or five years you got a lot, of, a lot of miles on you my wife thinks I'm crazy but I'll drive down the road in silence I know y'all think that's crazy 
But I do. It's the only time I don't talk. Y'all got it. Hallelujah. I, poor Brother Johnson. I'm sorry. I took him on. A, we went to take when I first got here. I used up all the words, and I talked to him too much, and I'm still saying sorry. <laughs> we can have fun in church. But you know what? The greatest moments I've had in God is when this old boy that can't shut up, shut up. And I drove down the road, no music, no podcast, no audio book, no music, no preaching. I just drove for miles. I listened. And God would speak the greatest words I've ever gotten. He'd put the axe to the root. Say, you know why you do that? You need to stop doing that. You know why you treat people that way? You need to stop doing that. Hey, you're doing a great job here. Keep doing that. And there's moments when you just pause. And God will bring old promises. And those old dreams you thought you forgot about. And he begins to bring them back to your mind and back to your memory. And it's in that pause he begins to speak them afresh to you. And he begins to stir some things up in you. And you might have felt like you couldn't make it at that moment. But when God hits the pause button in your life, when you hit the pause button, you begin to meditate. You begin to consider. You begin to think about it. God begins to bring that word back to you afresh. And where you thought you couldn't make it, all of a sudden you got a renewed strength. Amen. People that get burned out, don't hit the pause button. Amen. God wants to encourage us. Amen. To hit that pause and say, God, I want to meditate on your word. I want to consider your word. I want to consider your works. I want to remember how good you've been to me. Somebody lived up your hands. I'm done teaching. I want us to pray in this house. Come on, let's pray. In the name of Jesus, God's given us a moment here tonight. Maybe it's been a while in this crazy world since you've been able to just sit back and consider amen, all the things of God. But I want to give you a moment here tonight to come to this altar if you feel comfortable or to just turn your seat into an altar and just hit the pause and begin to seek the face of God. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. If you want to come to this front, you're welcome to come to this front.